Hey, Simply Trade listeners, ever wondered if Andy's memory is truly shorter than a turtle's tail? Got a show-related story that's worth sharing? Now's your chance. Introducing the first ever Simply Trade Fan Roundtable. We're calling for listeners to come on to the show for a special episode featuring you, our amazing listener. Connect with fellow trade professionals, exchange opinions, and contribute your valuable insights to the show and the world of trade compliance. Ready to join? Go to www.gtc.trade/pod for details. Don't miss the chance to join the Simply Trade Fan Roundtable. Hi, trade listeners. We are back for another trade roundup this week. I have found some great articles um, to talk about to get a better understanding of, which I think it'll be interesting for anyone who's in the industry or maybe not. Maybe they just want to see what's going on in the world. So hi, Andy. Hi, Lalo. How are you guys? Hello, hello. I'm looking forward to this. You've picked some really good uh, articles this week, Annick. So, I'm, folks, you're going to love this. So, hopefully, it'll be some uh, good comments and get you to thinking. Yeah, and you know what? I'm actually like reading these articles now. So, before I mean, like before, I d- didn't really care about tr- like reading the entire trade articles, like when we didn't have this podcast. And now I really want to try to understand it, so I don't sound like a total idiot on this podcast, not knowing <laughs> anything because I do know some things. But okay, let's get into it. So, our first article is. International trade is evolving, but will it benefit workers? So essentially, we're talking about that the trade industry is kind of advancing. We're finding out um, kind of new technology and whatnot. But are workers being benefited or where is this going? So my question here is, or you guys can kind of go into detail too about this article. Um, where is your stance? Has the trade industry been making these efforts to benefit workers, or where do you see the industry going with it evolving? This is also talking about low wa- low wages. Right. Like, where is this taking the industry and whatnot? So, well, okay. Well, well, there's two things I want to say, and Andy can can say his stuff too. But I mean, really, the two things I want to talk about are um, forced labor. I mean, because we just talk about it so much and it's actually the topic of the year for 2022, I think, and even into 2023. Forced labor, obviously, that's going to benefit workers. I mean, um, that that trade trade is evolving. Trade is including um, things that are going to benefit um, the, you know, humanity in general, in this case, you know, because they're, they're trying to target and make sure that people are not working for free or, or slavery. I mean, that's really what it is. And then the other thing I want to talk about is like, for example, USMCA, that's a free trade agreement, again, that is evolving. It used to be NAFTA, now it's USMCA. And that is very obviously, and I mean, obvious, there's so many arguments that you can use in everything, but I just want to say the part of the labor. You cannot make automobiles in North America and declare them as USMCA without meeting minimum labor wage requirements. You have to do that in order for you to, whether you're in Mexico, US or Canada, you have to meet the minimum labor requirements. And that threshold is actually higher for Mexican labor, um, um, you know, line workers or whatever, who, whoever you want to talk about. But anyway, it's higher than the average anywhere and pretty much in Mexico. 
the average starting wage. Yeah, yeah. That to your point, and we've talked about that USMCA, but Lala, you're right on the money. Is that this is a, this article's hitting on it? Uh, the starting wage in the automotive industry is higher than the starting wage, the average starting wage for other industries in Mexico. Well, let me t- say this: is that all right? One of the things that this particular article was generated by the World Economic Forum. So it's it's something a lot of folks in the industry, in, in multiple industries, will look at <clears throat> as a resource. Uh, uh, in their resources of the, uh, their analysis, they uh, attribute trade, international trade, if you will, and all that, as 60, uh, contributing 60% to the global GDP or the global economy. So that means 40% would be considered agriculture and to um, other types of things and domestic things. So 60%, you're moving products, you're, you're, you've got a, a buy and a sell from an international perspective. That's a lot. The other thing is, is that uh, for, remember, for every billion dollars of trade, whether imports, exports, whatever, it converts into basically 10,000 jobs. So, I mean, that holds true in the U.S. I've, I've looked at other countries, and, and it holds pretty pretty fair in that as well. So for every billion dollars of trade, you're, you've got 10,000 jobs being created, supported, whatever. As we're talking through that, now the, the question in the article is, as trade increases to the point, does it benefit the workers? Well, yeah, it's creating jobs. The question is, what about the standards that people are adhering to, the work standards and things of that nature? So what's happening is what we're seeing in this is some of the results, the net effects, if you will, of legislation that has been building over the last probably decade of anti-forced labor, anti-slavery type, uh, anti-child labor. Uh, things of that nature. It goes on to talk about where, like, for example, in India, there's legislation that was successfully put through so that women now have a voice in the workforce so that they are, you know, uh, are not treated uh, violently or, you know, sex abuse and things of that nature that it would maybe. That's a good one. Okay. That's a good, That's a good one, one to hear. Yeah. The other is as you go through Uzbekistan and, and others that it talks about is again, the standards that uh, we will go through it. And it's uh, again, it was, there was success in Uzbekistan and um, I think Georgia in which is some of the, the Slavic States in that, uh, again, the child labor has been uh, outlawed, if you will, or reduced and in, in in limited and in, in things of that nature. That's a good thing. Uh, going, from, going from this to a little more tricky topic, people that are in the hot seat or a country that is in the hot seat has been on the hot seat, China. So China is rolling out a plan to boost trade amid weakening global demand which we've been talking about this in the past episode i feel like we always talk about this because china is just always trying to be relevant somehow and this time it's in a pop to me it sounded like it's kind of a positive thing i know what china is doing i feel like you know they need to get back out of this rut because obviously they want to do good for the i don't even know how to say this right they want to do something that will keep their money running, I guess. 
because I don't think they think about other countries. I think it's just about themselves. But again, so what do we think of these efforts that China is making? Because they, it says, let me just read this real quick. China's cabinet on Tuesday issued a plan to stabilize its vital trade sector, including supporting exports of automobiles and facilitating visas for overseas businessmen. As subdued global demand threatens its export outlook. So obviously they're just trying to save themselves. So is this could this possibly have a positive impact not only for the US or other countries but also for China. So what is your stand on this? It, the the issue here is all right first off every country is looking at has some kind of a plan to export. So I will say in this case, you know, they're all they're saying is they're publishing out the latest plan for them. Okay. China is trying to boost their economy because it's quite frankly, it's been on the rocks a little bit. It got a little bit better, but then it's, it's slumped down because there has been, again, the impact of anti-forced labor legislation in the U S as well as around the world. More and more countries are, are doing it. It negatively impacts China. How? Because people are looking at it going that Northwest quadrant, if you will, which is the Uyghurs and the uh, uh, Tibetans and, and all that, is that any goods coming out of there, guess all of a sudden, nope, it's seized, it's rejected, it's not allowed to be imported. That has a negative impact on their economy. As they're looking at it, and if you look at the plan in the article, and it comes from Reuters, by the way, folks, is uh, Reuters. In, in Reuters, excuse me. What did I say? Reuters? Uh, that's, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Reuters. Yeah. Correct me there. I'm like this dumb country boy can't even talk right here. Okay. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking Southern. I got to take, turn that off here. Anyway, um, it's um, talking about an export plan. If you notice in their plan, as they're looking at it, nowhere in this whole article and what the cabinet has put forward is looking at a reciprocal agreement to stimulate trade. It's all based on China exports. Well, if you're going to look at that, look, they need to have a reciprocal situation. And that's where I'm I'm getting into. I've always had this issue with China. China is a great, there's some great people over there. I love them to death. I really do. I think there's some fantastic, I've got some good friends in China. I don't care for some of the tactics. It's got to be, hey, you got to respect me. If you want access to my market. I want to have access to yours. So that's what's going to happen here is they're going to be more aggressive because the global economy is heading for a, a major recession. And as that continues on down that road, that means everybody's economy is taking a hit. China's as well. And so they're just announcing here in this plan, uh, they're going to be very aggressive in trying to continue China exports and expand it, not just the U.S., but across the world. But don't you think it's just I feel like it's more to me it's on a like kind of in marketing we say you do damage control of a marketing ad goes wrong you know people see it the wrong way or people just kind of turn it around they have to do damage control which I feel like is one thing that China has to do at this point because people are kind of turning their backs on them I mean we've seen over the past in our in our other articles that the US is kind of trying to been you know, taking 
China out of the equation as much as we can. So obviously China's like, oh, hello, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do this and overseas visa and fun and whatever, sunshine. Wow. This this was super interesting and I'm I'm excited to see how where this is going or where, you know, China's heading and we'll obviously keep updated on that. For now, we're actually moving to another or Lalo, do you have anything to chime in on that? No, no. We're good. Okay. We're good. Perfect. Then we will move on to something that has been very big in the US, which are solar panels. I think the US is trying to get on their solar panel level, getting the green energy, you know. So what the deal is here is is this solar panel American question mark companies eyeing US subsidy await rules? Meaning um, what I'm getting from this article is that if something is fully American, they can get a bonus um, deal. I mean, Biden has done such thing, it says in the article. Um, you guys can dig deeper into that. And so, but the question is, these solar panels, these parts are not from America. So they're getting them from somewhere else. I think, I believe it was, was it China or something like that? Yes, yes yeah, China. So mostly. there we go, back to China. So they're asking what, so since we're getting it from China, is it still considered um, all American? So basically, what is your guess to it? Are those components made overseas? Could they be considered fully american i to me it sounds dumb because if it's not made in america it's not american you know well and one of the things too is it, for everybody is the biden it, this is from the uh reuters again let me say that correctly really yeah <laughs> i uh quit talking country here i guess that'd be the better way rather than southern this country um all right the um the biden administration's inflation reduction act which was controversial and the title's one thing and what it actually does is something else is all right but uh the biden administration's inflation reduction act is offering billions of dollars in tax incentives for facilities using american equipment to accelerate uh decarbonization of the u.s uh power sector so in other words you know it's trying to make it green and all that well that's where we're now hopefully you understand the connections talking about the solar panels and there are no u.s solar panel manufacturers anymore and so that's where the dilemma is is that buy american type thing it's incentive was like well wait a minute we can i think lala i think you were putting it in there can it, it can it be assembled in the u.s i think you had a better way of that but the raw goods if you will the solar panels themselves are manufactured in predominantly in China and there may be some others that I'm just not aware of. Right. Yeah. Just the cent well the cells, the 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 actual solar cells are are um um produced in China and none of them are are they're, they're exclusively made in China. And so what they're saying is that, well, if the Biden administration this new it's not a new rule, it's an incentive. That's what it is. It's the if this incentive is for more manufacturing to take place in the United States. Um, you know, and the effort is to reduce carbon our, our carbon footprint, et cetera, you know, obviously becoming more green and I, which personally I'm all for. Uh, but if, if what companies are saying is um, 
it kind of contradicts itself the the rule or the or the 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 reason as to why we're doing this is because none of it is made in the US so yeah we can assemble the panels in the US but if the fact that we're sourcing materials foreign uh you know um uh, globally and bringing them into the US is going to negate the reason I mean not the reason negate the fact that it's american made then what's the purpose of even having that rule or or that incentive if it will never be considered made in the US you know and 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 I, this doesn't really involve like a putting a tag on there like made in the US and it's not, not it's not a country of origin um you know, uh, dispute or anything. I think it's just a matter of will the administration consider it American to take advantage of this incentive and therefore allowing companies to hire a bunch more people here in the United States to build and make these panels regardless of where the materials are made. You know, so yes, at the same time, it is creating jobs. But are people going to say, well, you're kind of cheating because those those batteries or those cells I should, they're not batteries those cells are made in china and that's the bulk of the, of the panel you know that's the that is the majority of the panel why you know so there's no point in saying you know chinese are still benefiting from it in other words you know the, the, the what is what was the intention of the administration i guess that's probably what more this is trying to address Lalo to your point and that's that's one thing the intent is to tr to have tried to spark uh u.s manufacturers to set up and manufacture solar panels in the u.s mm -hmm. this was tried once before under the obama administration there was billions involved and there were some companies that got set up and and, and there were some things being done as soon as the government money subsidies ran out was stopped those companies dried up. So it wasn't sustainable. That's as a company, as a business. So the, the scenario here is that there has not been a realization of a boom in the U.S. of solar panels being installed because of this very thing, is that you could install the solar panels, but we're talking a 30% um, tax credit against a uh you know against the solar panels the problem is or against the solar system <coughs> but it's not u.s made so that's that's where the dilemma is so the treasury department's supposed to make a ruling on this chances are i would think if there were u.s manufacturers of solar panels it would supersede this and say okay yeah fine you've got to have a u.s made but since there's not I'm thinking they're going to rule in the favor and say, yeah, it can be U.S. assembled or whatever else. So we'll see. we got to wait on this to see if that those tax incentives are going to be released and, and provided for. Right. I, I guess in, 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 in the, the bright side of it is, no pun intended, solar. Um, but anyway, <laughs> is that. <laughs> That's a good one, buddy. <laughs> That you caught but, that too. <laughs> but but the, 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 I guess the good news is that it will create jobs in the U.S. if we can assemble those panels here and still take advantage of the, the those incentives. So, I guess it's like you said, it's just yet to be yet to be seen. So we'll 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 keep following it as we can say. So, um, 
There's lots to follow but, in trade always. I feel like they never give you a definite answer. It's always like right. an open-ended book. Like, okay, come back for the next episode next week or, you know, next well, yeah, month. It, and you're just waiting, speaking, like, what's happening? Just let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any, you know, uh, thoughts on this. Maybe they're different, which is fine. We accept diversity here. We're very open to opinion. Um. I hey, do not one have thing, a fl- let me say anybody yes. that's uh, has maybe some expertise in in the labor law with these trade agreements and you want to go into a little bit more detail hey reach out to us I'd love to talk and get a little bit more details from your perspective on some of this stuff so yeah so on that note I do not have a fun fact this week I do not oh. but I do have <laughs> something very I, this is even more fun Lalo isn't it our I don't know if it's your guys' 50th episode. When is it? I don't even know, but it's soon. No, we, oh we just gosh. had our 50th episode. So this is oh. this one will be our 52nd episode. Second. Oh, oh my, my God, gosh. guys. I, I didn't even realize that. Yes, I wanted to talk about it. I thought this was an even better news. So we hit 50 episode more. Foremost, it was Lalo and Andy, which is so exciting. I, I mean, our numbers have been really good. I keep up with them, and we're so glad that people are listening. And, you know, it's not a, only about, like, how many listeners. It's really that people are, you know, liking the content, using the content, getting to, like, talk about the content, question it. I I just think that's awesome, creating this community. And I hope it gets even further, and I can't wait to see where it goes because you guys are awesome, and you guys have some amazing people. Oh, so thank you. Listeners, please share our show, like it, download it, and tell your friends. But thank you so much. And thank you to Anik and the Global Trading Center folks. You guys are, without y'all, we would not have a show. So thank you. Yeah. So, yes, happy 50 episodes again to you guys. Awesome. And we'll be back next week with a roundup, but there will be other episodes in between. So be ready, <laughs> like, subscribe, and share, do whatever you need to do. All right. Well, this was a long episode, so let's round it up. Bye. See you next week. Simply Trade is not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situations. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.